0: Welcome one and all to episode 355 of Signals from Mars. I'm your host, Victor, and for this episode, I bring you the return of the hour one shows with my patrons. I picked a bunch of different topics to talk about, and this ended up being a really cool music discussion with a bunch of them. So hang on tight. Here we go. We're back.
1: I'm ready.
0: Let's do it. All right, so I'm back after... Some weeks away. And another reason to subscribe to Patreon is that I have been doing as much as I could with my Patreon show, the Victor M. Ruiz podcast. Uh, There weren't shows every week, which has led to somebody quitting uh, as a result. Sad to see you go, Gene, but uh, is what it is. Look, I was... Away from home, fourteen to fifteen hours a day, and as a result, I just couldn't. I just couldn't do those shows. I couldn't do these shows. Uh, I was planning ahead of time. I was still up till two, three o'clock in the morning, loading up Patreon with a ton of videos and other content, questions and whatnot. That listen, everyone else enjoys. Everyone else that uh, chimes in and says stuff. Um, or is a frequent contributor here enjoys that content. At least they seem to. And at least that's the feedback that they're giving me. The kind of thing that kind of threw me for a loop is, I know there are some people that joined onto Patreon because Mark Striegel appeared at one point last year. And Mark is on SiriusXM. He's doing great. I talked to him from time to time, but he's not coming on my show or anyone else's show in the near future. At least that's what he told me a few weeks back. So if that means that I lose people, what am I going to do? I still have a really cool hardcore uh, base there on Patreon, which uh, also are here and pretty much follow me around to all the other things that I do. We'll be starting up the trivia show again shortly on a different platform, which I hope some of you guys check out. But, uh yeah, so I don't know. It always is kind of weird to me when people join Patreon or they listen to this show for the first time. And it's almost like when you start to date someone and they want to change you, you know, you kind of step into the situation knowing what you're going to get. So it's kind of weird when people kind of demand things of you and then when you don't come through, they... They they jump, they, they leave, but whatever. Anyway, Patreon, a bunch of um, troll-free people on there. We have great music discussions. If you remember or if you still talk to people about music from time to time, that's pretty much all it is. I post videos where people check out songs from new bands that they don't know of. Uh, bands that they may have known of in the past and lost track of them, or maybe heard of them once, but never really heard their music. It's a great way to find out new stuff. Uh, We're going to have a few episodes coming up shortly. Yeah, I'm catching up once again. So it'll be me doing um, a June albums review with Jeremy Weltman, one of my patrons. And then tonight I'm actually going to be doing a special with him, talking about albums that came out in the first part of 2023. So if you've missed out on all the, cu- all the cool music that's come out so far this year, and don't give me this shit about, oh, there's no good new music, fuck that. You're just not listening. You're just not looking for it. So let us help you check out some of these albums that we discuss on these various uh, monthly album reviews. And tonight we're going to be talking about, again, the first half of the year. Join us in the chat. If you happen to join us on Patreon, there's a link there for you to hop on in and be part of the discussion live on the air. So that's it, folks. I do want to thank you for standing by and checking out this episode. Here we go. Welcome on and all. We are back after many weeks away, the Signals from Ours live show, and I am joined by a great cast of people. We have Jeremy in the UK, Johan in Sweden, Brad in Utah. Brad, who did his best impersonation of Usain Bolt before the uh, show started. We just saw him run off. And uh, we have Anthony Mackie. Anthony, can't see you. I don't know if you can see us or hear us, but um, see if we can get you to uh, connect so we can interact with you as well. Anthony and everyone who's joining us tonight, it's always great to have on the show. So um yeah, so we have a bunch of questions here, or a bunch of pu- questions, a bunch of points, a bunch of different topics is what I should say that we're gonna discuss for tonight's show. And uh just a few things that I picked out from the news. And there's the first point, which Jeremy sent to me during this kind of mini hiatus here. Um And, uh, yeah, Anthony's still black and we still can't hear you. So I don't know if anything within the settings needs to be readjusted uh, or if it's just a simple case of jumping out and then jumping back in. But um, the first point here, which uh, Jeremy sent along, and it's regarding – Uh, with a lot of these GoFundMes and different things that we're seeing to raise money for artists. And the question is, are fans now expected to pay for their idols' bills? Uh, Jeremy, you came up with the point, so I'll let you go first with this. And if you want to explain a little bit more on this point, feel free to do so.
2: Yeah, well, I think... Uh, A few years back, Paul Diano was one of them that uh, wanted to get some help for his medical bills. Uh, And just recently, um, the Thunder vocalist, Danny Bowes, uh, was ill. Uh, You know, he he fell over or something and cracked his head. uh, And he had a terrible... bit of a brain injury, I guess you call it. Um, so he was hospitalized. Uh, but in the UK, as you know, we have the National Health Service, which is generally free. Um, so he wanted to go, I guess, private uh, to get some extra help. Or he wanted to get sort of uh, bolted along a bit faster. And so he asked um, the fans, you know, to, to try and um, support him through it. Or at least the band asked, asked for help. Um and you know I, I was pretty miffed about this i thought it was a, a pretty bad thing really uh you know i mean at the end of the day we're talking about two people here who earn a lot of money uh through royalties uh you know the the, the thunder uh vocalist danny bose bose Bo, 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 he's, he's um he he has a radio show here in the uk as well he, he's on planet rock radio so he, he earns money from that um he earns money from thunder um, and I guarantee that he's he's a pretty well-off kind of guy, um, and he doesn't need to ask the fans, or at least the band don't need to ask the fans for any help. You know, he could have just stumped up his own cash, and, and if he wanted to get some extra help, I, I wish him all the best. You know, nobody, nobody wants to see him um, ill, and uh, we're glad that he's making a bit of a recovery now, and, you know, he's doing okay. He's back on the radio, but it, it could be a while before he even plays live again i just think this is not on really you know paul diano's even said that he's expecting um to be a millionaire from um royalties that are owed to him from iron maiden and uh he's asking the fans to pay for his medical bills or at least and i think iron maiden stumped up a bit of money for him as well just go to the bank and borrow it
0: yeah it, it... <sighs> to me okay this so this is my two cents and i'll let uh, Everyone else chime in. I I think that, like you're saying, Thunder's a band that in the UK does pretty well for themselves. Uh, That's the one thing that I've heard uh, people like Mick Wall talk about, that even though maybe they came on the scene a few years too late where they would have been megastars, uh, they've still consistently toured the UK and filled arenas in the UK. So if you're filling arenas, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Um, So it's kind of a shame, I think, that you ask fans that are probably, a lot of them are much worse off than the band is, to ask them to pay for your bills. Um, Paul Deano, I know has been a sticking point with, with you, Jeremy, with me as well, because this is somebody who has squandered a lot of money that he's made. He's been in jail. He's been, he's not allowed in the U S because he's on the, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? The, um, Damn it. Now, I don't I don't remember the name of the uh, people that check you in at the Homeland Security. He's on the Homeland Security no fly list because he threatened to blow up a girlfriend or something like that after beating her. Something along those lines. So
3: how metal is that?
0: <laughs> well, but the, the, the thing is. I believe in second chances for people, but this is like the seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th time. And then you see fans. Yeah, we got to get him back out there, dude. How many of us get that many chances in life to, to come back from shit like this? You know, I guarantee you that between the five of us, we do that once and we've screwed our life forever. You know, we don't have that luxury. And it kind of feels to me with Paul Deano, And look, I love the music that he did, Maiden, Maiden. And I love a lot of the stuff that he's done outside of Maiden. But there comes a point where you have to take responsibility for your own shit and be a human being. (laughs) You know, Uh, don't expect others to just sit there and just give you their money when maybe some of these people can't even pay for their own groceries, but you know, Hey, you were a big part of my life. So I want to give you, you know, a hundred bucks for, for your operation when maybe those hundred bucks could have gone to feeding my children. You know, I don't know, something like that. Um, Brad, your take.
3: Yeah. Wow. That's really tough. Cause I mean, you kind of, you know, when people need help, I mean, let's face it. I think everybody here would do everything they could to help somebody. Okay, and I don't think that's what the question is here, because I, I I don't like being put in a position where somebody says, "Hey, you know, if you can give me a thousand dollars, that would, you know, that would take care of all my problems," kind of a thing. As you say no, then you come off like a dick, um, unless you absolutely don't have the money. And I kind of. It's a perplexing thing. Uh, I, but I agree with everything that uh, that you guys said. I mean, for me, if I was having problems, and I've had problems, um, I've uh, I've had health problems, and and I've not been able to pay for it, and been able to work things out. I didn't ask people for help, um, but I were you know I worked it out, and I feel like I've you know gone forward to pay it pay it all back as well. Um, I. I yeah, Go just going
2: to say the big difference here, Brad, is that in the UK, uh, your healthcare is free. You know, you, you pay it through your taxation. So Danny Bowes was entitled to free healthcare. You know, he got right. it free. Um, he was just trying to get it quicker than, than yeah, I, everyone else. That's the, that yeah, the difference, I, yeah, between you and the, in the states. Obviously, you have to pay for it.
3: Yeah, that and that opens a whole nother can of worms because I mean, we're constantly being told here in the United States how awful our healthcare plan is uh you know why can't we be like these other countries that have you know free free care, and yeah I, I don't even want to go there okay so let's just, let's just talk about this i i i as well hope the best for paul deano i don't know him i don't know danny Bowes. i i love his music i hope he uh heals up and i hope he can live a, a happy life um i hope the best for these guys but i, I the, I just feel like probably the people that they're getting money from probably shouldn't, they need that money for their own issues. They're right. not people who can be like, Oh yeah. You know, I, I, I got lots of money. I'll, I'll help Danny Bowes out. It's probably people who just love the band and are probably scraping by. And they're like, well, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give them money anyway, just cause right. I, I love the band. And, and I, I kind of feel like that's not really cool either. I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. That's a really tough topic. But I'll, I'll leave it to to the other bastions of socialized medicine to uh, to go further with this question. Go ahead, guys.
0: Yeah, but this this is kind of what what you said is, is kind of what I was alluding to. Is that the people that are probably going to give the most are the people that can afford that can least afford to give the most? Is what right. I'm kind of getting yeah. at. Anthony, your your take on this. Your mic is silent.
3: <laughs> Can we do charades?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I had myself muted when I wasn't talking. Uh, okay. um, yeah, I, I don't know. The only time I've ever encountered something like this was when uh, Jerry from King's X had his heart one of his heart attacks, and instead of doing what is describing here they immediately dug through their um, their tapes and, and offered a you know a download or a CD they were selling something
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know and yeah. it was a it was a recording that amongst the fans was, has had been you know requested and sought after for a long time and um, you know I bought it and uh, you know was happy to buy it and um, but well, there that's, was a bit of, there was a there was some, uh, there was a return for it. They weren't just yeah. asking for money. Yeah, that, that's a
3: totally different thing. Yeah, and I think probably. And I, I am sorry to interrupt you, Anthony. That's no, okay. But um, I, I think also, I mean, all these guys, musicians, have musician friends. You could put on a charity show, mm-hmm. you know, and the fans would gladly line up for that. And then the fans are actually getting something rather right. than just peeling peeling off. So. <clears throat> I think what Anthony's uh, talking about here is totally cool.
1: No, it obviously there's a if you're going to arrange some sort of charity show or something that, then you're talking about months away, whereas they obviously needed it you now, can. which is where I thought the the download uh, came in, you know, and this is a, a few years ago, like when you couldn't but you could get everything, but not as easy as you can now. So I know that worked for them. It worked for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. So as you guys are saying, that makes sense. You're getting something in return instead of just, oh, give me give me your money, you know, because I need it. And King's X, I mean, obviously has never been as successful as, as Maiden has. Um, and then you could probably debate that, you know that uh, that thunder again in the UK has probably made more money over their entire career. Probably made more than King's X has in thirty years.
3: Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think okay, so that's another uh, yeah, that's conversation. Another. You know,
4: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Johan, what do you think? Oh, you said it all, but. Uh, I don't like the isn't it the, this some kind of sign of the times that you raise a lot of money for a lot of things nowadays B- uh, people asking through Facebook and internet about mm. all kinds of you know charities and uh, and I guess they just you know take the chance to if I get some I get some but I don't like it and I feel for a band I mean poliano I don't have any Huge respect for him as as a person nowadays uh but uh Danny from thunder is uh i mean I didn't see that coming. he seems like uh, such a gentleman so uh but I guess they try whatever they can
3: yeah but, uh, but also that, that may not have been coming from Danny though no. asking for the money, so we we no. don't know that. no no oh obviously. <laughs> Of course, I was going to say he doesn't have a leg to stand on, but. Oh. <laughs> the,
0: the, the thing with with Paul Diano, though, I mean, he's he's lucky because Maiden could have easily told him to go scratch and not because they don't have the money, but because, for example, when Clive Burrow was sick. He bashed the band continuously when the band had done several fundraising shows. They had been giving him money behind the scenes where the band didn't want to make it public that they were giving a uh, Clive Burr money. Yeah. You know, wh- where that's a situation where, you know, Paul was coming out and kind of talking nonsense in, in the press when behind the scenes, the band didn't want that to come out. They didn't want it to come out that they were helping you know, Clive, however, however they could. And, and at that point, you know, where, where he was coming out and saying, well, the band makes millions and they should be giving him, they should be giving Clive millions. You know, theoretically, if someone walks away from a business, do you have to help them? You know, I get it. The humanitarian part of it, the band said, yes, we can do it, but it's, it seemed like he almost feels entitled that the band needed to do something when he's done everything over the years to badmouth them, to not be on good terms, to to do all of this stuff and then being that they're the good people that they are, they came through, met with him, didn't care and felt that the right thing to do was to help him regardless. So as as Johan said, it leaves you scratching your head how he still you know he still asks for things or he still talks negatively about different things when he should be the first person kissing everyone's ass because everyone is helping him. Every step of the way they've been helping him. So Anyway, topic number 2 here, which really caught me off guard today. Are, people, are musicians' wedding anniversaries, are, are those news topics? Are those headline news all of a sudden? Frank Bellow celebrates 26 years with his wife. Look, that's amazing. Congrats to Frank. But does this need to be headline news on, on all the metal sites today? Uh, I forget who somebody else's anniversary was posted as well. Anthony, is this newsworthy stuff? I get it that they're posting it on their social media, but is shit so hard to find a headline that we're glomming from people's social media to post their anniversary pictures?
1: Uh, I have no interest in that. I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't read that. <laughs> I, I saw it, and I you know, like you, well, you know, uh, congratulations, congratulations scroll yeah
0: exactly (laughs) Jeremy what do you think
2: (laughs) I think um I actually like to see it occasionally because I just like to see wh- who they're married to, because <laughs> I like rocker women. <laughs> but uh, that, that's a separate that's a separate thing. Um, topic. No, I, I think that sometimes uh, the news is a bit thin, isn't it? Particularly over the summer as well, you know. And the, the, it's like that with the al- albums, you know, that are released over certain times of the year. So I think you know you can't blame news sites if they need to keep um, you know clickbait going. They need to, uh, you know, they need to keep churning out stuff. But do I want to see it? Not really, I suppose. No, I want to to know about the latest album or the latest concerts, you know, and that sort of stuff. So,
0: Yeah, my my, uh, devil's advocate to that is there's plenty of podcasts interviewing people. You could just, you know, they can just listen to some shows and post some clips from that. They do it the rest of the year. But anyway, Johan, what do you think? Are are you happy to know that? You know, a musician is celebrating their anniversary. Does does that make you uh want want to uh, I don't know, uh check out maybe what food they had for their celebration? Yes,
4: I would like to know that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, no, I I mean, as Jeremy said, I mean, during the summer the newspapers are quite thin. Uh so I guess they have to find whatever news they can put up but uh, I was happy to see Frankie Bello's wife I didn't know he was married I have never saw her before so uh, I like that one I didn't read I didn't read I just read a little bit but good for them okay cool Brad how about you um, yeah,
3: I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool when anybody stays married. <laughs> I'm, kind of a, I'm kind of a fan of that thing. I, uh, rather than celebrating, uh, things not going well. Uh, but I, I don't care, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know if that was the point, you know, kind of like, Hey,
0: shock. Frank Bell has been married for 26 years. You know, is, is that, is that,
3: that is shocking. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know frank's probably a really nice guy i know uh um he designed a really nice bass over there which he's not even playing that anymore which i think that's kind of that's a whole other topic if you're gonna have a a custom guitar or bass made and then you don't use it well that's that's what that anyway
0: one year contract that's that's what happens there
3: so all about the money
0: that's it all right Topic number three, and this kind of came up because I saw that Paul McCartney is going to do a new podcast talking about lyrics that he's written. Ooh. Um, So my question to you guys is, what band or artist that does not have a podcast, would you be interested in having them do a podcast even if it's a limited run let's say if it's them talking about their lyrics or them talking about uh oh i don't know um albums or different things uh anthony what what band would you be interested in checking out
1: uh i'm gonna say probably none okay <laughs> Uh, the, the the few that I have heard, I, I like listening to podcasts about bands. Okay. Uh, maybe people digging in and, you know, getting deep into a catalogue or something. Even, uh, even I'll listen to people talk about KISS. Like, I don't want to listen to KISS, but I'll listen to people talking about KISS. Right. Um, <laughs> and, like, this. Not really interested to listen to the band themselves talk about it. That's it's a, that's a peek behind the curtain, you know. I don't right. really want. It, almost like the uh, the wedding anniversaries, uh, you know. I don't really want to know about bands' personal lives. Okay. Uh, and bands doing their own podcasts, you, they can be too familiar, you know. There's a, there's a nice distance that, that you have when you're a fan, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so well, no, I did listen to the uh, Metallica one, which I thought was quite good. They had a few episodes of an official podcast. Right. But it was done really well. Like the production value on it was obviously sky high. Um, and that was a good listen. But yeah, it wasn't go ahead. no 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 that's it i'm kind of finished
0: <laughs> okay no but that that's a good point because a lot of people talk about how social media has kind of robbed us of the mystique of no of some of these bands where you become kind of too familiar with them and with some of them it's like oh okay that's just like the guy i know who lives down the street or the guy that i see at the pub every weekend as opposed to Holy crap. It's the guy from so such and such a band where there's kind of like an aura around them because, you know, you you're seeing a larger than life figure. But then you realize he's kind of just like you. Um, Again, my flip side to that conversation for you is so if King's X decides to do an episode on how how Gretchen goes to Nebraska, how those lyrics came together, what it was like to record uh dog man uh so on and so forth yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i knew you'd do that um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'd be interested in it if, if it was done well uh you know there's plenty have of,
3: winter, uh, come and host it
1: yeah there's plenty of long form of interviews out there with doug and he's always very interesting to listen to yeah, when lead. he's asked questions that that uh, prompts answers, but I don't know them just sitting around talking amongst themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like, I suppose it can be. It could be done well, right?
0: Yeah, it, it has to be edited in a certain fashion so that it makes it a an appealing listen. That's kind of what the Metallica one did. Yes, yeah. it was. It, it was pieced together well enough so that you had you know outside people talking about them people you know from management people from the label fans producers you know you had all that kind of pieced together so that it made it a good listen so that it flowed really well and it's it's funny because that one that one it took me, like I think, two or three episodes to start to listen to it because I, I was like, oh, man, this is going to suck. I, I don't want to give it a shot uh, because I kind of had high expectations, and then I started listening to it, and I went through like every episode that was available that day because it kind of sucked you in. It, it, it was done well. I think the, the only episode I couldn't get through was the last one where it was just the fan comments over and over again. It was like two hours of of fan comments, and it was like... (laughs) Same. Okay, yeah, all right. Five minutes in, I get it. This guy loves the band. I get it. It changed their life. Yes, okay, fine. Next. Oh, same kind of thing. All right. So I got through like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, yeah, right. I've I've heard the two hours already.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, like there's a... Like, you know, it's not necessarily some Mars stuff but like i list there was a weezer podcast i listened to where these two nerds were going through the whole album by album and in, in unbelievable detail and it was great you know uh so like i like things like that but the right. bands themselves
2: i don't think so anyway next <laughs> <laughs> jeremy how about you uh... um yeah, I think maybe an Iron Maiden one. I'd like to hear what Dave Murray and Adrian Smith have got to say on a regular basis. I think those two talking together. I, I don't think in my in my fifty odd years of life, nearly sixty odd years of life, I've never I've never heard Dave Murray. I don't think I've ever heard him speak. Um, so I'd like to probably hear him and, and Adrian Smith uh, banging on about guitaring and various things that go on on the road um, without Bruce. Because I think Bruce would just take it over, <laughs> so that that would be fun. Um, I'd like to hear the guys out of Rush, but I'm probably stepping on Johan territory, so I'll back off that one for a minute. Um, I'd definitely like to hear a sort of new wave of British heavy metal one. So probably we'll all of those bands together, sort of popping on one week after the other. I was going to say Black Sabbath, but I actually heard Eddie Trunk interview um, Geezer Butler. Uh, the other week, and it was the most boring interview I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Geezer's <laughs> G- G- not not an interesting guy. Uh, not Tony Iommi's pretty interesting, but Geezer's not. So um, that that one's probably not worth it. So yeah, probably uh, I'd like to maybe hear Iron Maiden.
0: Sp- speaking speaking of that Geezer interview, seriously, Tony Iommi, the most underrated guitarist. Um, I d- I don't know what press he reads. But I think Iomi's probably one of the most highly regarded guitarists of all time. Mm. So that one kind of caught me off guard, but okay. If <laughs> if if you say so, geezer. Um that, that falls somewhere in between the oh no no, I did the devil horns between before Dio did, and Tony Iomi's the most underrated guitarist of all time. Okay. Gotcha. Um Alex Lifeson is probably a lot more underrated than
4: Tony Iommi is. So, sure. um, his, Alex Lifeson is really fun to listen to.
0: Well, that's, well, that's, that's a good point. Because if you've seen him like on trailer park boys or South park or anything else, or even just on their DVDs where they're doing little skits and different things, you can tell that they like to, to have fun and make fun of each other and of other things. So,
4: uh, yeah that could be interesting but go ahead johan what do you think uh about rush as that you said uh, jeremy uh there's a lot there's a lot of uh, good podcasts about rush uh, and mm-hmm. some of them have uh geddy in them he's uh he's not very frequent but quite frequent in uh, different podcasts so that's a good thing no uh this was a fun question, and I thought about it. And my choice for per, for a person to um, have a podcast is uh, Michael Orkefeld from the band Opeth. Mm-hmm. About uh, 10 years ago, he had a program on national radio where he talked about uh, prog music from the 70s and 60s. Uh, and he's... he's- I mean he seems like a professor. I know he's he's one of the biggest record collectors we have here in Sweden, and he buys a lot of fun records and is very interesting to to hear. Uh, and i did, I don't want to hear him talk about Opeth or so, but music in general uh, he's really good to uh, to listen to. so that would be a podcast that I definitely would check out.
0: All right brad how about you
4: yeah yeah this is a this is a really great question
3: um you know it depends on the person because not everybody's gonna be really good uh you know podcaster right uh, or or be or a good speaker you mean you talk about geezer i mean who wouldn't want to just sit down and have have uh you know lunch with geezer and chat about music but when uh, you get one word answers, that's kind of tough uh oh, But a good example of what you're talking about, though, is Kenny Aronoff. I've just learned that he's started a YouTube channel and and does interviews with other musicians as they pop into town. And you think, well, guy, he's played with so many people and he seems like quite a character. Yeah, this could probably be really good. I've only watched one of them, but it was boring. And it was with Steve Lukather. And if if you can't have an interesting discussion with Steve Lukather, you know, where he's just telling ridiculous stories then something's wrong here. And, and I felt like these guys got so far, like into their own. Yeah. I played with that guy. Yeah. I played with that guy and not enough really, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. I'm going to, I'm probably going to check out a couple more of his things to see if they're any better, but um, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's better to have a musician interviewed by somebody who really is a good interviewer. You know, right. i going to ask the stock questions actually know stuff. Uh, that you know really has things they want to know, and uh, I think that'd be much better. But the, there's probably musicians out there who could do a, a really good podcast, I don't know who they are,
0: yeah. I, I think for that, you'd probably need somebody who's like a super fan, like how Johan just mentioned. Um, because yeah, if it's just people kind of bragging to one another, like who they've played with. All right, yeah. So it's one of these things where, okay, enough talking about me. Let's talk about me. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. kind of vain and just egotistical as opposed to, you know, telling stories. I think most of us are sucked in by those stories that some of these artists will talk about. Some things that maybe, hey, I remembered – um working in this studio and what made this studio unique and you know I I often think about how I didn't like a lot of Slash's book but hearing Mm. him talk about like the situation of them recording Appetite for Destruction and then the whole experience of trying to recapture that again for the Use Your Illusion albums and not being able to and then because of gear and because of this you know that kind of thing kind of Are some of the things that I kind of stuck to where I it it didn't bore me as much because there were kind of ancillary things being talked about some of these songs. Um, yeah, okay, that's that's great that you've played with everyone under the sun, but you know, that that kind of that it kind of go takes me back to D Snyder just talking about himself all the time as opposed to wanting to tell stories about things that he's done over the years or. or or interview people to talk, to talk to them, which I think would kind of be a, a a fun conversation. So um, cool points uh, all around. And and I mean, everything is, is, is pretty valid. There's nothing worse than wanting to hear from someone or or wanting to talk to someone and finding out that they're just an absolute dud where they've got nothing to say. So I, I, I get exactly what, Anthony's saying and what Jeremy's saying about Geezer. So, well,
3: I just I just thought of one a musician has a podcast that I actually do like, and that's Ryan Roxy. Okay, he, I think he does a really nice job because he he comes prepared, he has really good questions. It's more talk about you, and and uh, and plus it's different when a fellow musician is interviewing a musician. Right. Well, they'll they'll kind of open up a little bit more, and uh, I, I mean, really cool things can happen. Uh, during those interviews. So, yeah. So there's there's one that actually is okay.
0: That's that's one of the reasons why I initially uh used to listen to the Jamie Jostas show because I felt that he could get that out of musicians where they respected him. So there were certain things that they could talk about that, you know, if I were to ask, they would say, uh, yeah, I've got another call on the other line I got to go type of a uh an answer. But I've heard him interview John Bush, for example, and have John say, hey, you know, I, I'm owed I don't know how many, uh, you know, royalties or residuals for my years in Anthrax. And then the following week have him interview Scott Ian and say, hey, John said this. And Scott saying, well, you know, that's beyond our control. That's this person. That's blah, blah, blah. You know, so if it was anyone else outside of someone that they respected – you wouldn't have those those types of conversations. So it's kind of cool to get that. And otherwise, you probably wouldn't have that. I think with um, Josh Toomey, who I've had on the show uh, a few times, it's kind of a similar thing where he's interviewed people that he's toured with, so they're more susceptible to opening up to him and telling certain stories or sharing certain things, whereas other people that kind of don't know him, don't don't give him the same type of uh you know interview so yeah but that's
1: that's a different uh proposition that's not re- really what you were asking about in the first place like you know like justin yeah. hawkins uh podcast on our youtube channel he you know he's yeah. a, he's he he can do a good interview mm-hmm. you know uh that's just because he's, he's got a good personality. You know, that's not necessarily what he's not on there talking about the darkness all the time, you know? Right. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. That's valid point. Brad, you steering us in other directions
3: again. (laughs) You're right. I didn't, I didn't answer your question. I, I've, yeah, I think about my favorite bands and what I like to have them have a podcast. I mean, the answer is, well, I'd love to hear from them, but I don't, you know, you don't know. It might really suck. Right. So who knows? I I I love I love music. That's why we're here. Do do the guys I, from
0: Blue Oyster Cult remember uh, recording in the seventies?
3: Yeah, I would see that's the thing. I, I would love to interview those guys. I would love to chat with them and sit down and talk about uh, you know oh God, dude. I don't know, it, it could that could be really, really cool. And and yeah, I would definitely have a lot of questions that probably the average person would be like. I have no idea what you're talking about, um, <laughs> but anyway, all right. You're, you're right, Anthony. I, I, we, we went way off the question.
0: Hijacking is right. I'm the hijacker. Uh, all right. Next topic here. Jacoby Shaddix lead singer of Papa Roach says corn Papa Roach and Deftones were like the next Metallica's
1: Anthony, your uh, response to that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I have a response to that. Um, I I suppose... uh,
3: That in itself is a response.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you're... Everyone's always wondering who's going to be the next headliners, you know, the big next big headliners. Because Metallica can't do it forever. And I remember when at some point going... I think mid-90s, I was like, hmm, who is going to be the next big headliner?" It's probably Soundgarden, you know. And they sort of made it to that level. So I guess to some people, at some point, those bands were that. Not to me, so I don't know.
0: But you just mentioned something interesting with your choice of words. Okay. At some point in time, they were that.
1: Okay, so- right.
0: So my thing uh, to his to his comment is, I think his comments are 25 to 30 years late. (laughs) You know, this is something we could have talked about in the mid to late 90s with these specific bands.
1: I I wasn't what was the actual quote like it was. It was like, isn't that really what he was saying? Okay, let's. Like, see. at one point, these were going to be the next Metallica. I think that's a valid opinion to have had at some point. Oh, yes, uh, right. As as you're saying this, correct. I agree
0: with you 100%. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's a valid opinion to have had it at one point. But is, let, let me find the exact quote. Um, oh, well, there you go. Him and his wife celebrated their 26th anniversary as well. Um, okay. So the actual quote is, uh, when being interviewed by Andy Hall of Des Moines, Iowa's radio station, Laser 103.3. Wait a
3: second. Des Moines has a rock radio station? Yeah. Well done, Des Moines.
0: Well, they have to flip knots from there. I assume they would have something. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. So, mm-hmm. as I drive by blabbermouth.net, we're watching Metallica step into that Rolling Stones spot right now. And the Foo Fighters are another one of those groups. And Korn, Papa Roach, and Deftones, we're, we're like the next Metallicas. You know what I mean? That's it. We're stepping into the spot now. It just comes to, I guess, being able to survive the treachery of this rock and roll life. And if you can do that and still continue to create good art and good music, then we can just get into that space. <sighs> OK. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I
1: don't really follow.
0: <laughs> I, uh, yeah, well, I think his, his comments are nonsense, I think. Meta- uh, all right. I, th- I think your analogy is kind of better in the sense that Soundgarden was a band at one point that we all felt could have slotted into that spot, but through the band splitting up, uh, divorces, this and that, they never quite made it there. Metallica is the biggest metal band of all time, whether anyone wants to, likes that statement or not. The fact is they've sold True. more albums, than Sabbath, than Maiden, than any other metal band. Then you could probably combine both of those bands and they probably still sold more albums than them. So t- to me, a comment that Korn, Papa Roach, and Deftones can step into that slot, they've never been close to that slot. As much as I love Korn and as big as they were in the late 90s and early 2000s, they've never been in that Metallica slot. Uh, I would argue that... Ride the Lightning Metallic was already bigger than any of these bands. Hmm. So I, I think that the comment kind of makes no sense. Now, if we're gonna say that corn, papa roach, and deftones are stepping into that spot where Soundgarden was, where Lamb of God was a few years ago, where you know, a bunch of bands that were on the cusp on that second level to be second or third on the bill, where Machine Head was at one time. Um, I, I mean, to me, Metallica, Maiden, Slipknot, how many other bands are there out there in 2023 that don't have to tour with somebody else to have a headline tour? And what I'm saying is, as much as Motley Crue and Def Leppard want to talk about all their album sales, if they don't have three or four bands on that bill, they're not selling all those tickets. Motley Crue on their own, isn't selling the same amount of tickets as Iron Maiden is in 2023 or Slipknot. Um, Papa Roach to me, are are they uh, Jeremy, you've been to, to download a bunch of times. Papa Roach has been at download a bunch of times. Are they close to being third or fourth from the top of the bill?
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe third or fourth, but you know, that no higher than that. I'm certainly not No.
0: You have a band like Korn who has headlined mm. download before mm. they've headlined other festivals, they've headlined a date, but mm. again, in 2023, they don't have that staying power. Papa Roach for as big as they might be in the States. They're not selling dick outside of the UK in Europe. They're just not that big. They're a big band in the U S but they've never been an arena level band on their own. So, I I mean, I think this state, I I think Jacoby is living in his own world here. Um, Johan, do you see any band in your opinion come through Sweden that, could be on a level like a Metallica that that's pulling in the same amount of people. I mean, maybe in Sweden, maybe an Arch Enemy, maybe, you know, some
4: homegrown. No, okay. No, no. Arch Enemy is playing in quite small venues. Uh, hmm. And I kind of feel that they have almost stepped back one step with this album. I think. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. They play a, a little bit smaller arenas okay. uh, now. Uh, but for your question, uh, there is, and we have talked about this before, but in Sweden, and I don't know about the rest of Europe, a band like Volbeat feels that they could step up not selling out uh, you know, three stadium nights in Gothenburg like Metallica do, but... Uh, Volbeat is a band that attracts people, not only from the metal genre, but throughout the whole specter of music people. Hmm. So they sell out quite big arenas here. Ghost as well. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Ghost, 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 and Volbeat. I would understand in that statement before the bands that were mentioned.
4: Yeah. Uh, and the band that you mentioned, the, the, the bands in the quote, uh, I have never listened to them. <laughs> but Corn headlined Roskilde Festival when they were at their top,
0: right? But we're we're talking about at this point. We're talking twenty years ago. Yes, <laughs> that's that, That's that's what I'm kind of getting at. The, yeah. the, the, if this statement was made in two thousand and two, you've got me. I'm, I'm I'm sold on the statement. Because at that time, Corn, Papa Roach, and Deftones were there. we were, were, at that point. were some of the biggest bands at that point in time. But they have not sustained it. And Corn is still a band that does well at festivals, but still goes. Corn was opening up for Slipknot a few years ago. So, and they've opened up for Metallica a bunch as well. Brad, your feeling on this? Is there any band? that comes through uh the through California or Utah or anywhere remotely close to your area that's on their own that's <sighs> slotting in and taking over from Metallica Ooh, let's not go as far as what Johan said where they're selling out three stadiums but you know doing really well in in one arena for one night on their own
3: um other than like flash in the pan type stuff or, well, Taylor Swift, uh, that's not flash in the pan, but holy crap. Can she pack them in? Uh, I'm looking at, uh, well, Avenged Sevenfold seems to do pretty big business.
2: <laughs> okay. I was just I'm, thinking I, of them.
3: <laughs> I don't know how their new album's doing. I have tried listening to it because I thought, Oh, I should play some songs off of this. And man, the songs just didn't, didn't grab me, but uh, maybe I need to try harder. I'll, I'll give it another listen.
0: No, I don't, I don't know that you really do have to try harder. That was, okay. I haven't been able to get through that one. And I, and I'm not one of these people that said, Oh, you know, once he stopped singing guttural vocals, they, they kind of yeah. to exist. No, there's no, it's
3: not the vocals. It's the, the songs. I mean, there's like parts of a song that'd be like, that's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden it does something really just out there and weird. And, and which I, I kind of applaud that in a way it's like, yeah, you know, you guys are experimenting there rather than, just being like, oh, we're just going to write same stuff over and over. But I, I'm looking at a list of the um, the big venue, outdoor venue here, uh, where we're going to Nathan and I are going to see Ghost in a couple of weeks, um, which is pretty exciting. Mm. Uh, the next show there is Smashing Pumpkins, which I'm like, wow, really? I, I, can they pack them in the, enough people to really uh, sell that thing? Uh, wow. They've had some big
0: radio hits. So I I guess.
3: Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, who's going to lay it? How much money they went? Oh, wow. Well, these are like really what would be for Ghost, probably cost you about 150 bucks to sit in these seats. They're selling them for 32. Wow. And these are not resale. These are (laughs) still, and this is coming up like next week. So, um, yeah, they got a lot of tickets to sell here. Good luck, boys. And then we got the, after that offspring with some Forty One and S- a simple plan, which that's kind of a theme, kind of thing. Yeah. So they're probably you know going to pull in a bunch of '90s people. Then you got country, Luke Bryan. He'll probably do really well. Uh, Yellow Card. I have no idea what that is. Um, and then Ghost. And then Foo Fighters, uh, which I got. I got to be honest with you. I, I mean, it's not that I don't uh, that that I don't think they're any good, but I just I. I I don't find a lot of excitement listening to their music. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's more of where people drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, maybe, maybe they are really good, and I'm just a dumbass. Uh, <laughs> oh, look Look at this. Mudvayne is headlining there. Holy crap. Really? Yeah, they're doing their
0: first. They just started their first headline um, tour in, I think, since early 2000s.
3: I don't know. Would, you, would you pay $100 to see Mudvayne?
0: I really like Mudvayne, but I don't know that I'd pay $100 to see them.
3: No, I'd pay $30. I, I'd pay well, 30 you wouldn't have to. They're only 40 bucks each. I'd, I'd see them for 40 bucks. Yeah, that's not bad. So that's, that's how these bands are doing this. Um, the, this is really intriguing. Pantera. Okay. So they're headlining this place. Let's see how much their tickets are. Oh, they're $50. Well, that's st- still not bad. No, that's not bad. I, I'm kind of impressed to how low these ticket prices are. Most of the stuff I look at now is so stupid expensive. Oh, we got the Mega Monster Tour. You got Mastodon and Gojira, which okay. that would uh, that would certainly fit a certain group. And that's those are forty bucks. Wow, these are like like seats, you know, and not yeah, up yeah. on grass kind of thing. I I've never seen tickets this low. I I guess I need to. Start thinking about going to more shows. Oh, oh, wait. Sting is coming. Let's see what he's charging. I bet it ain't 40 bucks. Okay, so 90 bucks. That's still not uh, – that's pretty not bad for Sting.
0: That's that's par for the course here. From all the shows that I've been looking at, the Mode is coming here. Yeah. And it's 85 and up unless you want to be all the way in the back with the – um the roll-away bleacher seats, which I can't imagine sitting in those because yeah. they're going to be vibrating the whole fucking time. You're going to think you're you're in an <laughs> earthquake the entire show. <laughs> yeah.
3: Avenged Sevenfold, they're forty bucks a pop. All right, so that's wow. I, I these are actually good prices. I, I'm uh, very impressive. Then you get into Shine Down. Shine Down thinks they're going to get sixty dollars a ticket.
0: Well, they've, uh, I've never gotten into them, but they're, uh, they're, they're, they're like a cut below Foo
3: Fighters for a lot of people. They're fans. Okay. So, so yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I just hope there's more good rock music coming. I believe there will be. Uh, Anytime I go to a music store, there's always like some 14 year old kid in there playing Metallica and I figure as long as there's 14-year-old kids playing Metallica, there's hope for rock music. Yeah. In the future. No, 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 You're good, no. And Playing guitar too. Good job, kids. Any kids watching this, if you don't play guitar, play guitar or play bass or play drums. Don't 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 mess with the keyboards.
0: Note <laughs> note that for the second topic, uh consecutive topic, hijack Brad has is <laughs> the forefront. All right. <laughs> Um next question is Avenged Sevenfold related. Johnny Christ of Avenged Sevenfold oh, yeah. calls Bohemian Rhapsody a musical masterpiece for songwriting. Now, for as much as my kids who have, you know, like a lot of other kids do to Bohemian Rhapsody the movie, uh a lot of Queen has been intro- introduced to younger kids. Uh, they've said to me, I don't understand why you don't like listening to the song all the time. I said, well, because I've listened to it all the time in the past. Uh, but putting that aside, do I think that it's one of these quintessential songs? Um, I tried to, when I saw this, I thought about a conversation I had earlier this week with my son regarding Stairway to Heaven. There are songs like these that I think we've all listened to a million and one times that maybe we can't stomach to listen to all the time anymore, but we can still appreciate the magnitude of these songs. Um, Brad, what do you think? Let's let's go counterclockwise here.
3: Okay, so I don't hijack this. Uh, what do I think uh, as far as Bohemian Rhapsody, his comment about Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, or, being a no. masterpiece. Um, I don't know about that. I I mean, it's I, I, I think back to the first time I heard this crap. It was a uh, very good uh, do I, I think the, the one thing that really made that song Right. The fact Downtown, up, spent lots of times on the Citrus Avenue there, and so that made it kind of fun. Plus, uh, the AMC Pacer was pretty cool as well. But as far as the song goes, eh, I don't know. It's a good. It's it's got really good parts. Yeah, okay. I, I like other Queen songs better.
0: Okay, so. Johan what do you, what do you
4: think?
3: Yeah, I didn't hijack it. Look at that. <laughs>
4: Well, yeah, I I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, I I really must say that Uh, I heard it when I was very young. My uh, father's wife had the record and I listened to it and I thought it was good. And then when I saw it on Live Aid when I was 12 or so, I thought it was magnificent. And uh, even though I can't listen to it, uh on a daily basis I can, you know, put on the live aid D V D box right. set and watch it from time to time. Uh yeah. I think it's a masterpiece. Really.
2: Okay. Jeremy? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Johan. I mean obviously uh I was brought up on Queen as a young lad and I listened to it, you know, on the radio and I just thought, wow, that's um it's just amazing. I mean, it's very unique. Um, I can only think of maybe Bat Out of Hell that sort of equals it uh, in terms of, you know, just being so over the top as a rock opera song. Uh, it's, it's you know, to put it out as a single in those days was incredible. Obviously, it was the very first video. Um, and I just think that it's a work of genius. Um, there's so many parts to it, yet it works in its entirety. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I've obviously heard it a million times. I don't necessarily want to go and play it tomorrow, but um, when I do hear it, you know, I'll sing along to it like everybody else does. And um, you know, it's it's amazing. You, you couldn't uh, you couldn't create it again. It's just you know, it's a totally unique type of piece of music. And there are certain other other things that are quite unique like that, but very few.
1: All right, Anthony, your opinion it's um it depends how you want to define song you know like it's a it's a unusually constructed piece of music you know i suppose look at that's nonsense now yeah it's it's amazing of course it is and uh yeah i've heard it a million times and i remember when my boys were you know getting into music and playing it to them for the first time and you sort of hear it with new ears if you've right. your sims and it's it's like wow incredible and we did the same with um Stairway to Heaven actually you mentioned that that's a song like I'm not into zeppelin uh but we played that and we watched their reactions and we remembered hearing it the first time ourselves and you know that's also you forget how good it is. And I would say that about Bohemian Rhapsody too. Okay. Cool.
0: Awesome. And real quickly here, one last point which uh, which kind of floated in during the day. Um, because I saw that the complete studio album collection From Pantera was released today, which um, they've been doing where they've been grouping together certain bands like Dokken and Rat and Skid Row and Overkill, where they've been releasing CDs and vinyl um, together in a a box set. And uh, as as I was mentioning to you guys off air, I went into – a record shop the other day with my kids and they had the rat and the docking. And my first question was, are these the original mixes or have they done anything to improve the sound to make these albums louder without brick walling them? Mm -hmm. And the comment by the person in the shop was, uh, no, it's the same as the original that was released. Um, to me, Buying them on vinyl maybe would be more appealing, but CD was all they had. And that kind of turned me off. Um, what do you guys feel on this? Anthony, if, if you're seeing something like this where it's a, a reissue of uh, someone's complete work on, on CD or on vinyl, do you want it to sound better louder do you want it to sound the same as it did when you listened to it as a
1: kid it depends um if it's oftentimes you see these collections and there might be five albums in it and like you've already got three of them right so it's like why would you buy it again um yeah i don't know like Marillion they're doing all these reissues at the now, at the moment they're going through album by album and they're remixing them all and they're making them sound modern right and i've listened to most of them and like i go back to the originals right now yeah. um it's a, it's familiarity i suppose i don't know what it is it's a uh, yeah i don't know the only one of those box sets i've ever bought was a uh, blue oyster cult one actually and it was there was i think five albums in it and i didn't buy it for any reissue reason i bought it because oh great this is a chance to buy five albums for a tenor or something you know i, I don't know any of these mm-hmm. so that's the only way i would buy them. one okay jeremy what do you think
2: um, well, I've probably got both in my collection and uh, <laughs> I, the most, I uh, you know, I prefer the remastered copies, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've just played yesterday Queen's rights Empire remastered and it sounds fantastic. The sound quality is amazing. So I'm not into remixing. I'm not into, you know, them fanning around with whatever they want to do with the, with the songs. I just want them to sound a better quality than they were in the old days. Cause sometimes the production in the old days was not very, good uh you know and it sounded a bit tinny and so if they can improve it a little bit and it sounds you know deeper and it's got more um more to it then that's what i prefer so yeah remaster for me is is what would turn me on
4: johan uh to be honest i'm not the biggest uh, you know I don't care so much about how it sounds i like the songs i don't pay so much attention on production and that sort of things but uh sure remastered i have uh i bought a lot of remasters and uh, they are better but this is not a big thing for me and as anthony was saying if they have the box Sets with five cities. I probably have three of them, as you said, and so this is uh, this is nothing that I think you will care much about.
0: Okay, Brad.
4: Yeah, I definitely
3: uh, want it to be remastered, but uh, uh, but I also want it to be better because I've bought remasters that really weren't much different than the original, and uh, that's very disappointing. And I don't want a brick wall because I've, I've, I've got uh, box sets like what you're talking about there where you get all the albums and you figure, and they claim to be remastered and really all they did was push it up and, and make it just awful. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. Make it sound good. And I'm actually okay. If the, if they want to remix something, uh, but they do it well. I mean, I, I've heard some really cool remixes of albums. Some of the, was it Steve Wilson did the remix of Black Sabbath's "Technical Ecstasy"? Ah, that was great. I really enjoyed listening to that. I actually the Dio Holy Diver remix I think is really good.
0: Yeah, I mean for me the kind of weirdest thing with the two that I mentioned, the Rat and the Dockin, yeah. is that um, Rock Candy remixed these years ago. And they they kind of modernized the sound or brought up the levels more than anything. And I thought it sounded great. And then with the Atlantic doing it or Warner Brothers doing it, it's kind of back to the the old thing where I kind of thought this sound, you know, someone's already not fixed it, but somebody has improved upon the original sound. Yeah. So why go back? You know, it kind of, that was kind of my head scratcher because they did it. They released them in Japan as well. And, you know, and I guess that license is over. So the. I'd you know, say that's,
1: a, that's a rights thing going on there. Yeah. It's nothing to do with the 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 audience. That's a right. business thing.
0: Yeah. I, I just thought it was kind of weird when something came out. I mean, like, you guys have mentioned uh sometimes they just mess around with some of the stuff and they hide things or, or or they pump up other things that were kind of hidden in the mix before where it's like okay well that kind of ruins it for me there are others where i know where bob ezrin took the original tapes for destroyer and uh and redid that and i really enjoyed what he did with that personally And i know that there's a
3: lot me too. of yeah that's a good that's a good remix
0: yeah, but there's people that hated it and prefer Steve Wilson also remixed that as well uh, with that like $500 box set that they released a few years ago. Hmm. Um, and they did, and beyond that with the Steve Wilson mixes, they made it 5.1 mix. And they, you know, there's some things where, for example, I have uh, Nine Inch Nails. Um, Uh, downward spiral with a 5.1 mix, which makes more sense because there's a lot of orchestration. There's a lot of things going on in the background that were kind of flat in the original mix. Fine. But you get this, a band like Kiss, unless we're talking about great expectations where you have an orchestra and a chorus and stuff like that, where you can, where that can really fill out the mix. Do, do, Do we really need, you know, a 5.1 mix, it's almost like taking the Rolling Stone satisfaction and wanting to give that a 5.1 mix. It just kind of doesn't work. I don't know. In any event, not to hijack this last question, <laughs> seems to be the theme for the night. Um I want to thank the four of you for joining us tonight. I want to thank anyone who's watched the show live or watched the replay or listening to the podcast version. Uh, there are some new things to restream. So I was popping up QR codes to Amazon, UK, us, Canada, um, the Patreon, stuff like that. So uh, if you're not a patron, you can try for a week for free initially. Uh, if you want to jump on in with any of those QR codes and purchase something from Amazon. Uh, I do have to mention that I'm an Amazon associate. So uh, a portion of your sale may or may not uh, come my direction. Don't want Amazon booting me off of their system for whatever (laughs) money they may send my way. Um, So anyway – just wrapping up the show here. It's awesome to uh, catch up with you guys again and talk some music here tonight. It was a lot of fun. Um, we will hopefully be back to doing consistent live shows in the coming weeks and hope that you'll be back to, uh, to join us. Uh, real quickly, any parting words?
1: Uh, Anthony, anything you'd like to say before wrapping up? Uh, 1986, isn't that what we're doing next? Uh, That or, is prior- not next, but you know, yeah, yeah, in the future. It,
0: yes, that we have to figure out a band next. Um, I know that I'd thrown out there kind of behind the scenes of possibly doing ACDC. We'll see what uh, hmm. people think of that. I know that we probably have enough people that enjoy ACDC that, uh, that that will make sense. Uh, Jeremy, any parting words?
2: Just so it's going to be raining here tomorrow. And there's nothing to do.
0: (laughs) What do you mean there's nothing to do? You could always watch replays of signals from Mars. (laughs) True. (laughs) Uh, Johan. Almost called you Johan for some reason. Johan. Any parting
4: words? Uh, I listen to the mission a little bit nowadays. Oh wow. And that's that's my parting words.
0: Do you like their cover of the Rolling Stones Symphony for the Devil?
4: Yeah, it's good. But they have they have done many songs uh that uh, are better, but uh, this is a band that I only touched upon a little back in the day, but uh I heard an interview with Wayne Hussey and uh, I thought it was interesting, so I started to uh listening back on them. And, uh, so I sat on the train between London and Stansted and listened to the mission and felt really British. <laughs> <laughs> would,
0: how would you classify them? Would you classify them as a Gothic band? Would you classify them as a alternative rock band? Are they in between a few different genres? I mean, what, what is your take?
4: I guess, uh, more goth than an alternative. I find them quite uh, mainstream many times. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
1: Okay, cool.
3: Uh, Brad, parting words. Um, I need a 10-song a playlist uh, by The Mission from Johan. Okay. Uh, so I can check this out because I'm really not familiar with them. So I need to, if Johan says something, I take it to heart, which is why I now am saying Bohemian Rhapsody is. <laughs> what was the word he used to describe it? Um,
2: masterpiece.
3: A masterpiece. Yes. So I, I have to agree with uh, that. In fact, I have to agree with everybody on this panel. Anytime you guys tell me something about music, which is why I've been listening to Marillion, um, Anytime you guys tell me something, I'm, I figure if it moved the needle for you, it's probably going to do something for me. And so far it's been on point. Uh, you guys have never steered me into muddy waters of poop. So good job. So everybody watching this right now, go out and listen to something good. Rock out. Go to a concert. Uh, and for and for hell's sake, become a patron, uh, patron here on Patreon and uh, hang out with us. And let's get you on here and let's hear what you're thinking about music. Mm. We haven't. We've never kicked anybody out yet. <laughs> yet we've had we've had people leave. <laughs> 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 okay, well, that's enough of that. Yeah, I, I, I believe I believe you can do this for free for a week. Is that right? That is correct. Okay, but don't be such a cheap bastard. Two two bucks a month. We'll
2: Come sponsor. Your, we'll sponsor your healthcare bills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> come, come hang out with us man bring bring your uh your love of music and hang out with us we need i i'm i'm happy with the group we have but every so often i mean when we get new people it's fun yeah,
0: yeah. It, it is absolutely yeah awesome so on so, that note cheers. we're uh wrapping up tonight's show thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time right here on signals from mars see ya
1: to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to signalsfrommars.com for more information. This concludes
4: our show.